Welcome, you're listening to Rethinking Climate. We investigate how we speak about the climate crisis. So today we are here with a scientist and also the ideator of an app, which could be a new revolutionary way to talk about the climate crisis. So welcome, Eleonora Kogan. Thank you for your time today. to be here with you. Thank you for having me. So Eleonora, you are a senior scientific manager at the Europe, Europe uh, Mediterranean Center on Climate Change. And you're responsible for the creation of the video game Change Game, which is a game-based learning application which players explore the complexity of the climate system and its interaction with society and natural ecosystems. So you manage a lot and read a lot and draft a lot of policy-based documents. So can you tell me about the challenges and what limitations maybe come in your experience with these kind of documents? Mm. Yes. Um, so basically a lot of my kind of, you know, of my work lays in between, you know, what the scientific community says and how kind of policymakers are supposed to kind of uh, uh, take into, into, into account this kind of information. Um, I think in general, when we talk about climate change, yeah, there is a really good um, process in place and is represented by the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which is kind of a bit of a, um, a unique body in, in, the, in the scientific uh, world in a sense that, um, you know, has been uh, instituted uh, upon kind of a, a governmental decision, it's an intergovernmental panel, but effectively it's actually made of the work of hundreds of scientists around the world, which um, assess the kind of uh, what the, the scientific literature say, and then they kind of compile this information and, you know, say whether there's consensus, less consensus, and, you know, highlight what are the priorities. And, and I think, you know, in that sense, I think, working in, in, in the climate sphere, that's a very extremely sound uh, source of work to take inspiration. You know, there is, a, it's already kind of done for, for policymaking in a way because that work really kind of uh, uh, represents the, um, you know, best of science and, and the consensus. So in that sense, I would say compared to other kind of uh, uh, topics, it, it's, a, it's a very good uh, starting point. Um, from a more kind of policy perspective, I think, you know, the challenge is always, um, especially dealing with, with, a, with a problem like, uh, like climate change and the climate crisis, you know, we know that we have, a, uh, um, we have to undertake, you know, an enormous transformation of the way we kind of live, operate our societies and so on. But we have to fit it within an existing world and, you know, existing limitation in terms of, you know, political will budget allocation and so on, which, uh, you know, also people acceptance of, of, of these kind of changes. So, you know, uh, and they're big changes. So, you know, they're not kind of easy to, to translate in immediate action and so on, but on the other hand are extremely necessary. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult but fun uh, space to, to navigate. So there's, there's an experts who've declared that the reason why solutions are not applied as speeded as required it's because communication of sustainability is sort of failing there is an absence there or not well done between different stakeholders and how do you think 
Do you think, first of all, that that's true? And how do you foresee maybe improving that within in particular the scientific world, you know, versus uh, talking to policymakers or even a general audience? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Um, I think I think personally, uh, I've been kind of working in this space for, for a few years now, and I have definitely noticed in recent years, I think a huge improvement in terms of, um, of um, both the way things are communicated, but especially how widespread they're getting. I think there have been, uh, you know, several events which I think have contributed to really kind of pass, you know, moving on the messages beyond the usual suspects, so scientists and policymaker. Uh, first and foremost, the Paris Agreement. I think that has really been a landmark, um, you know, a, a really definitive point for, you know, from there on, there was a clear vision of where we need to be. And, and I think that has um, contributed a lot in terms of changing the discourse, you know, more, more attention, more people also trying to improve that kind of messages. Uh, and I think the other kind of major, I would say, events has been the kind of... Uh, the growth of all this kind of youth movement, which have really kind of also helped um, raising the ambition, because uh, I think they have really been able to kind of change the discourse in terms of you are defining our future. And I think that has been a very um, strong political message, perhaps a lot more than a lot of the kind of scientific warning, right? Uh, I mean, the essence is the same, but, you know, one thing is a scientist saying, another thing is saying, you know, okay, um, you know, your child, your grandchild, uh, you're talking about my future and so on. I think it kind of connects with people at, at a very much more deeper emotional level. And uh, so I would say a lot of these things actually complement each other. Uh, you know, obviously, the, the, um, all the kind of climate activists, the movement are taking the scientific messages the communication, the, you know, people working in the communication space and so on. In terms of room for improvement, um, I think, if I, for example, you know, looking at my experience from, you know, looking at the IPCC reports, I think they used to be extremely difficult to read documents. Yes, uh, but I think there has been a, an attempt to try to make them more easy to digest. I think, you know, they are still, let's say, a little Bible of climate. So, you know, they should remain kind of comprehensive and uh, and precise in their messages but then you know we've seen a lot of um organizations taking the main messages creating visual representation videos and you know a lot of really nice uh, um a lot of nice work done in that space i think you know a lot more can be done but i think that's been an interesting kind of evolution and i think perhaps where um um you know more can be done in terms of making the content a bit more accessible also for like a non-expert audience and, you know, really translated into, okay, what does it mean for me or for the place where I live? What advice would you give to someone who's not exactly interested in, in reading these kind of documents, even the simplified version of it? And maybe, however, they still feel they would like to know more about it. Is there an advice you would like to give them? Um, well, I think, um, I think, there is, um, well, <laughs> I think it's an important topic, you know, it's because it really uh, relates and defines the future that each single one of us is going to live into. So I think that should be already a kind of um, 
a kind of um, a reason to be interested, right? I don't think that everybody has to be a super expert in all the, in all the, you know, um, climate sciences. I mean, when I talk about climate science, actually, an extremely vast amount of, uh, of data information and disciplines, right? Uh, because we are looking at from the more kind of physical science or, you know, how uh, our climate, earth climate system works, has um, evolved in the past and how will evolve in the future, depending on different, you know, uh, emission scenarios. And, but then it also looks down at what are the impacts and consequences of this warming in, and how do they then reflect in different sectors, you know, in the way we produce food, in the way we produce energy and, and so on. And then there is the whole kind of sets of disciplines that look at, okay, what can we do then? You know, so looking more into the policy, uh, economic uh, side of things. So I think perhaps, you know, there may be some of these areas that are, that people relate more to, but I think in general, a broad general understanding, it, it, it's a really kind of a, a must have uh, um, for the 21st century because, uh, you know, it's really, we're already kind of witnessing significant changes and, uh, and you know, and they're going to be more, not less, uh, because unfortunately, you know, we've already drawn a pattern for the next 20, 30 years that depends on historical emissions. So the game, the video game that you uh, created, we can say, so what's what the, the ideology? Can you tell me how you came with the idea as well? Yeah. So basically the idea of creating this game was also um, a bit of a desire from our side to kind of trying to explain what, you know, scientists do and how we study uh, our planets and how, you know, um, how we interact on our planet and, you know, this kind of uh, strategy to decarbonize and so on, but put it in a, you know, in a less static form, but in a more kind of interactive way to really allow people to play and see what happened if, you know, and so um, it really kind of came from a desire to actually communicate and help to understand better how complex the, the, the problem is, but, you know, also how important the choices we make are. And so basically we have created this game. It was, um, um, uh, it was a process uh, through which we kind of involved both, you know, climate scientists, we had game developers, we had people coming from the education world. We actually had gamers and, you know, all together kind of developed the concept. And effectively, the game is based a little bit on a city building game. But unlike kind of traditional city building games, there is a strong climate component. So effectively, every kind of uh, action you do, you know, as you build your city, you know, you, you, you procure food, you build houses, you um, find sources of energy and, and, and so on, um, has actually uh, either an emission or a reduction of emissions. And, uh, and, you know, and as the city evolves, you know, becomes more industrialized and so on, obviously emissions arise and so on. And then basically um, the higher the emissions, the temperature of this planet uh, rises and that determines more frequent and intense uh, uh, kind of disastrous events, which then, you know, kind of slow down the progress of the city and, you know, can actually cause some, some, some serious uh, problem. The particularity of this game is that actually that is played or it can be played in a multiplayer form which means that effectively 
several players can be can play together in, on the same planet. Each one is responsible for his own city, but then the temperature of the planet is given by the sum of the emissions of all the players on the same planet, which is a bit, you know, as in the real world, right? There's nobody that alone can say, okay, I'm going to be able to get the global emissions to net zero. Not because it's a it's a it's an effort where everybody has to play a part. Otherwise, it's an impossible goal to achieve. Um, and yes, and then in the game, there is a lot of opportunities to actually then, you know, move down to uh, kind of decarbonization pathways, increase resilience to, to climate change impacts. People can invest through new technologies, some, you know, very present, some a bit more kind of futuristic. Um, they can work through education, um, kind of trying to change the behavior of the population, you know, being more uh, energy efficient or change diets. You know, there is a lot of uh, different um, strategies can, that a uh, player can apply. And the idea is that there is, there is not just one path. You know, there are many paths that can be undertaken. And, uh, and you know, it's a kind of uh, a fun game to really play, experiment, also fail and learn, you know, why you know, it didn't work out, what can I do better next time? And, and in this way, hopefully help people really to understand, you know, how, um, how complex it is also to, to tackle as, a, as an issue. Yes, yes, indeed. I, I really liked two elements of this game, which, like you said, the fact that we're all involved and it was because there's a lot the discussion about geoengineering. But however, that's a whole different episode, I guess, to uh, look at But the sort of idea that technology can help us. But people forget that if I apply technology in one country or continent, the other should also abide to sort of the rules to help. Otherwise, we're not going to achieve the solutions or really like that multiplayer option. And education. In a previous episode, we talked about climate anxiety and the pressure individuals, at least now talking about citizens, not necessarily um, other people, which I would still imagine that maybe some policymakers could feel that pressure to actually do something to help the planet. So I find that a game, it's a really good form of communication because you learn without feeling pressured necessarily. <laughs> so really, really great job. And do you have personal expectations? What would you like this game to either become maybe a different version of it or, or even the use that the people can make of different ages, of course? Mm. Well, um, in terms of what we have done, um, you know, this game was uh, developed, uh, you know, through the, the support of Climate Kick. It gave us a grant to develop the game and also to kind of engage with... Uh, with, um, we were able to kind of engage with schools and different kind of educational events. We also went to kind of a game fair and so on. So we had a kind of an initial, let's say initially we really thought and planned for schools really to be kind of a game that could be played in a classroom, you know, one class, one planet and, uh, and play on it. But, uh, but actually we have, you know, received also a lot of interest from, you know, non-school environments, a lot of obviously people interested on topic. Um, and, I mean, it's really been the kind of first, uh, it's a kind of, let's say, an evolved prototype in a sense. Uh, we had to make a lot of choices in terms of also a little bit of, um, in terms of simplifying a little bit, because there's so many components that could be represented. You know, we had to make a selection to try to make it representative. But so, you know, I think uh, uh, it'd be nice in the future, you know, to perhaps include other components to, you know, for example, one thing we haven't really represented directly, it's calculated indirectly, but like the old transportation system, 
you could integrate a whole kind of um, uh, waste management, you know, link it more to consumption and so on. Um, I think another thing that may be quite interesting because in the game you start from zero, right? So there's nothing in your city, on your planet. Um, but uh, it may be also fun to actually bring people to more kind of current scenarios and say, okay, here we are. How would you kind of uh, uh, go from here? And so I think the possibilities are, are really infinite. Uh, let's see. I think it's still time to kind of collect feedback, let people play, and um, and hopefully spread news and um, and also be very happy to to kind of receive uh, feedback for people that have played if they see any kind of uh, way that we could kind of uh, improve it or make it more interesting. You know, very very happy to collect this kind of uh, suggestions. Great, and it, uh, I'll make a joke, it'd be very nice if at some negotiations, policymakers were sort of leaders were forced to play this game, You're like, what would you do? <laughs> Let's see your decision you would make in a game app. So it would be very nice to see sort of the fun aspect and apply it to someone who actually has to make the decisions. But so do you have any further comments you would like to leave to our listeners? Um, I mean, uh, no, I mean, I think it's been kind of nice to talk a little bit about my work, about the game. And uh, yeah, so I'll just kind of uh, make an invitation for people to play Change Game and uh, let us know how you get on. If you manage to actually win the game, that's uh, always fun to see. <laughs> Have you seen a different approach based on age to the app and what kind and yeah, how was it? Yeah, well, we kind of... Um, developed kind of keeping in mind um sort of like teenagers kind of young adults uh you know in a sense that um not so much because of the game because i think the game can also be played by you know primary school kids and so on but more in terms of what it kind of represents and uh you know this uh, notions of systemic transformation of the way society works, you know, changing that. I think those were kind of topics, not so that were kind of more adapted to, you know, kind of a bit of an older um, target audience, but, you know, we also had a lot of kind of adults playing it and, you know, and uh, I think everybody can find something uh, yeah. out of the game that they can relate more to. But, uh, but the game in itself can be really played by anybody because it doesn't really require any kind of uh, prerequisite or, you know, knowledge about climate change. Uh, but obviously, the more you know, the more you are, the probably the more you get out of it in terms of uh, fun and information and learning. <music>
this uh, project and so funded the, the, the development and uh, the ideation and the first development of, of the game. Uh, so I was part of this uh, large team and um, we worked together in the ideation, lots of discussion. I had also the opportunity to take part in the, in the first phase, in the ideation phase. Uh, we had a fantastic meeting workshop uh, with, uh, and Eleonora mentioned the involvement of different kind of people, people working with education, uh, player, game player, um, uh, institutions, uh, scientists, and of course, uh, uh, game uh, uh, developer, uh, video game developer. So uh, it was a great experience for me. And uh, I'm very happy that uh, this uh, product, the, the, this game can, can, can move forward, can develop, further develop, and I hope that, uh, that there will be a lot of people using it. You will find the link to the game again for Apple and Android down in the description to the websites and you can find Rethinking Climate on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So thank you very much, Paula and Elonora for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Pleasure. Bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.